Hello, film strippers. Welcome to another edition of Film Strippers, the podcast where we talk anything and everything news related. My name is Chris, and I'm always here joined by my co-host, Austin Burke. Austin, how are you doing today? Oh, it's a it's a new year. It's a new me, Chris. Actually, oh, yeah. it's a new decade. So we got to <laughs> revamp ourselves this year, dude. No, I'm doing great. I uh, had, a, had a wonderful celebration, but it's time to get back to business, man. We're oh, going to yeah. strip it up. Another great year. So many movies to look forward to. I'm just happy we're in the 20s now. It was kind of hard to yes. pinpoint what to name the other years, and now we're in the 20s. <laughs> they got good names to them. How, how did you spend yours? Uh, it was good. We uh, went to a little celebration with her friends, and her family came over and uh, and had an awkward kiss when the ball dropped. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw it. You can check out Austin's story on his YouTube channel to show you how he celebrated the new year. It was really cute. <laughs> I've gotten to that point now where it's like, I just stay up till 12, I say yay, and then I go to bed. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. Preach, it's not brother. that much fun Come anymore, on. man. There's just not yep. that much excitement to it. But it's a new year, and we're going to start off with some interesting news here. Not to be too negative here, but Disney Plus. I liked it. Austin, you like it? Oh, yes. Well, most of it. <laughs> yeah, most of it. Well, more like a percentage of it I really like. Uh, it's great yeah. for the nostalgia, and it was kind of cool to get a new streaming service right off the bat. But something that I did not expect at all that Disney was going to do that I'm like, oh, wow, they're doing this. Disney is going to be filtering in and out their content in the same way Netflix and Hulu does. And what I mean by mm-hmm. that is like movies like Home Alone 1 and 2, The Sandlot, and a lot of other movies that uh, other people are not aware of yet have just been taken off the platform and are going to be replaced by other films. I don't understand why they're doing that. Uh, but how does that make you feel, Austin? As, as, as a person who definitely streams almost every platform, because I think you have everything, right? HBO, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix. I have most of those as well. So how does that make you feel? Uh, from a business standpoint, I... I kind of understand it because we're keeping people on their toes. And it's like, oh, this movie's not on here now, but it will be. But then again... Why? It yeah. Just give us the new original material as the new content. Don't take the old material away from us and then bring exactly. it back. To me, that just I, I don't like the decision. It's weird. Yeah, it's really weird, especially because Disney is one of the first streaming services where they basically own everything on there. It's not like yeah. with a Netflix or a Hulu or Amazon Prime where they're licensing out the movies or the TV shows and they have like a two or three year contract, which then would make sense why some movies get filtered in and out because they could only have them on the platform for so long. But with Disney, Mm -hmm. we're promised these are their movies. So other than bandwidth space, maybe there's just so much content on there that they can only fill up so much at a certain time. It's it's weird because The Sandlot was one I actually wanted to show uh, my girlfriend because she'd never seen it. And then come to know in the new year, it's just been taken away. And it's like, oh, man. Like, you're right, though. In a, in a business sense, maybe it makes sense. So people are still buying physical media, and this only helps the argument that, well, physical media needs to still be alive if you want to have everything that is. But I don't know. I'm not too upset about it. I am just confused why Disney would do that. Any final thoughts on that, Austin? No, that does. I, I like your physical media argument because if everything from Disney is on their streaming platform, well, then really what's the point other than yeah. those who collect them to collect them, right? Your casual audience, well, they're, they're not going to buy a Blu-ray if it's just on Disney+, Plus, right? So from that perspective, exactly. it makes sense. But then again, you're stripping away content that maybe people are getting the platform to see in the first place. So that is a bit of a bummer if you look at it that way. Yeah, and segueing on to that, something good, 
that happened with Disney Plus is they did come out and announce that WandaVision, which will be the Marvel series. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first one we're actually going to get now that has to yes. do with the Vision and uh, Scarlet Witch, uh, you know, having a little adventure. It was set to come out in 2021, but now it's coming out in 2020. Now, they didn't give us a specific reason why, but I think once the season finale of The Mandalorian happened, Pretty obvious why they wanted to move some of their shows closer to release. Do you have any guesses to why, Austin? Oh, that's absolutely it. Uh, uh, people are apparently dropping their Disney Plus subscriptions their because there's no Mandalorian right now. So you need content to fill oh, yeah. fill that void. It, that's exactly what Netflix does. It's like one big series after another big series. You have to keep that momentum going. Except with Disney Plus, it's not you don't binge watch the show, right? It's weekly. So without having that weekly thing to come back to, what's the point of keeping my subscription other than seeing those old movies that they're just going to take off anyway? So what's yeah, the ex- point? You know? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, like after The Mandalorian ended, I really did take a look at Disney Plus and I was like, I don't see myself coming onto this platform every day uh-huh. or maybe even a couple times a week because all they got left. Same. Well, they don't even have it left. The High School Musical show's ending. I saw they have a promo for this other show they're going to do called Future uh, President. But that yeah. looks like a like a family Disney Channel sitcom, and that's that's not really my speed. I'd hate to say yeah. it, but like, yeah, I would cancel too and wait for the next big show to arrive, or if they're gonna come out mm-hmm. with a nice big movie, I check it out. But right now, yeah, there's there's no reason to keep it on. And Disney just went ahead and did that. It's like, no, we got more coming, so keep your subscriptions. That and I don't know if this is maybe the part where Disney's realizing having a streaming service maybe isn't as easy as they thought because. I do mm-hmm. wonder how much uh, viewers they lost, you know, and are going to yeah. continue to lose when there's not something new popping up every day. I think this is the case. So I saw this on Twitter, um, and I think I saw it multiple times, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> the Witcher uh, on Netflix may not have killed the momentum of Disney+, Plus, but The Witcher oh, yeah. did just recently pass, the. I, I think, the overall total views of The Mandalorian, if you take into account consistent viewers coming back to every episode. So it's almost like Disney+, Plus had the momentum for a while, and then oh, yeah. all of a sudden, Netflix comes back with The Witcher and says, hey, we have this big show now. I do respect Disney Plus for doing a weekly show, and I do think that's the way to go when it comes to streaming. But Disney Plus is not the end-all, be-all, number one streaming platform game over, right? Netflix is going to continue to come back with these series like The Witcher and the next season of Stranger Things. It is still a competition. And I know while The Mandalorian was going on, everybody was saying, well, Disney Plus. I mean, that's it. But now that there's no original content... It feels like everyone's going back to a Netflix, so it's more of a competition than we think, and it's going to keep going back and forth until Disney comes out with consistent, uh, top-notch original content. So I, I hope that comes into play this year, for sure. Yeah, seg- segueing into some stuff that we didn't even talk about that we were going to talk about, but that that you went ahead and uh, brought up that I thought was interesting, as I don't know if you saw Netflix put out what their top-viewed shows of 2019 where i just sent uh, yeah. sent you it i don't know if you can pull it up screenshotted it for you and that makes me curious you know to to what people are watching or what they're liking but it, it is also that reason you said netflix is just constantly pouring out stuff i bet right now a bunch of stuff drop right and thursday and friday and the weekends their oh, yes. time for dropping new content it's right. like stuff yeah. is there you don't even realize it's going to be there so it's worth having even though i think that business model is kind of killing netflix just releasing with without the unknown because 
taking a look at their top 10 shows right now see if we can put it mm-hmm. up here for you guys to also see so we'll start from the bottom one of the things that started was uh raising dion now i believe that's a series you did watch austin i think austin's watched everything on here he just <laughs> but uh <laughs> that's interesting that was just uh announced for uh season two that they're gonna get that's cool but uh one thing that interested me and made me kind of happy 13 reasons why was their ninth you know it was pretty mm-hmm. on the bottom and if you remember that show was was pretty popping at the time was oh everybody thought that was next big thing but it's it's dying off and i'm happy because next season is that last season any on here that surprise you or make you go okay this is what the public likes and binges it it makes sense to me uh because a lot of my top shows of the year are on this list it is a bit of a bummer that i'm not seeing something like a mind hunter on there because that really was the the first the crux of what netflix was that stranger things uh and uh what was the american vandal those were kind of the three big shows for a long time but to see the witcher actually come up below stranger things three is a bit shocking so in a good way though right in a good way but to me that says uh, stranger things and the witcher are both kind of above where the Mandalorian and I know it was the first one right so Disney Plus was you know brand new at the time when the Mandalorian came out but you would think because Baby Yoda was so popular (laughs) everyone was going and watching the Mandalorian but that tells me that a lot of people who were talking about how cute Baby Yoda was probably haven't they they haven't even seen the show oh no so I I no big shocks on there tons of people and I tell them yeah I'm watching the Mandalorian we got to watch Mandalorian and they say baby Yoda and I think oh you've seen the show how are you liking it and they're like oh no I just know baby Yoda so (laughs) So that's the thing but you're right and it's really cool to see the Witcher that up high and Stranger Uh Things is obviously their bread and butter that they're I think gonna pump out two more seasons is what it's sounding like uh, Umbrella oh. Academy. Now that hasn't been renewed yet for a season two, has it, or is it has? Uh, I I heard that it had, but I didn't see an official announcement. So maybe, maybe not. But if yeah. they if they're going to do it, they don't need to wait as long as Stranger Things did to do a season three. They need to push it out immediately because the fan base to Umbrella Academy, I would say, it was more widespread than even something like a witcher just because it's a superhero ip so they they need to push that out as soon as possible because that show got really popular and i mean this will also show what they start green lighting in the future and what they're canceling Mm because yeah like i'm sad to say it but that might have been the last season of mind hunters you'll see austin i don't know if they'd renewed for season three or not maybe it's the talent involved they want to keep someone like a david fincher happy for to come Mm -hmm. back to netflix so they'll renew his season but I mean, viewership talks, and I don't know, maybe there's a longer list of, like, maybe Netflix is happy with their ter- uh, their top 30 shows on there instead awesome. of we're just looking at top 10. But uh, don't want to spend too much time on this. I just thought it was really interesting to look at. And, uh, you know, Netflix is known to hide their statistics or fudge them in a way to make it more positive. So that's just what we got right now. Got to be happy with it. <laughs> Moving on from there now to more movie news. Uh, Uncharted. It's a game I really enjoy. It's a movie adaptation that's been in the talks for the longest time. We are finally going to get it with Tom Holland playing a, a young... What was his name? Nathan Drake. A young Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. We thought it was all set and ready to go with director Travis Knight, who did Bumblebee. Looks like they just lost him as a director because of the conflicting schedule that Tom Holland has with Spider-Man 3, which I don't know if I believe that. Um, I don't know well how do you even feel about them losing travis knight it stinks 
it stinks because I think Travis Knight is a He's great a director. director. Yeah. And the fact that this is uh, delayed because of Tom Holland, I don't buy that one bit. This movie has taken Especially so long Especially since it's coming from Sony. That, so yes. they would have first hand on the schedule and they know where Tom Holland's going to be. Exactly. So they are in control of what happens here. And to me, this this says, it's another media spin, which is what they need to do. But to me, yeah. it says that we're not going to get Uncharted for a long time long time this is yeah. not looking good directors keep coming and leaving tom holland you've got the guy but oh yeah. you better hurry or it's not <laughs> honestly be we might get this anymore. uncharted movie by the time tom holland is age appropriate to be nathan drake, <laughs> nathan drake <laughs> that's how it's yes. looking like but i'm with you yeah and i mean people wonder all the time like studios wouldn't lie like that studios would like they have to at least for yeah. the sake of the movie they can't come out and say look what he wanted to do was going to make this movie suck, so we got to fire this dude. Like, no, that's hurting the reputation of the director. It's hurting the reputation mm -hmm. of your studio. You say things like that just to end it at peace and be respectable with everyone's side of the story. No yes. studio is going to come out and say, our movie's looking like crap, so we got to fix it and change our direction. No, they're going to come out and say scheduling conflicts or like that. Rarely we do get those mentions of, you know they couldn't get they couldn't agree on a story more of that we hear in the dc universe with their movies but uh it, it really sucks I'm, I'm curious to see this thing i want to know what's happening was there even talks that mark Wahlberg was going to play sully or was that confirmed or was that a i i thought it was confirmed but i remember being confirmed mark... too and i i wouldn't have mind seeing that he could have fit that role i would like that too because for a long time they were talking about him as the main character but the longer they wait, Mark Wahlberg probably has a busier, wide range of movie schedule than Tom Holland. So oh, yeah. the longer they wait, they're going to lose Wahlberg, man. And you can't lose Mark Wahlberg. You just can't <laughs> lose him. That'd be bad. Really yeah, bad. There you go. Austin and his impressions, guys. All right. You got to leave a like for that. Um, <laughs> speaking on Tom Holland, something we heard that I want to claim is just a rumor, but it's coming from some reputable scoopers online. There's talks, Venom 2, we know we're getting that this year, Andy Serkis is directing it. I'm actually looking forward to this one more than the mm. previous Venom, because I didn't completely love yes. that one. It was entertaining, I found some fun into it, but uh, it wasn't to the level where I would have liked it to have been. There's talks now that Tom Holland is set to cameo in the movie mm. as Spider-Man. Are you surprised, Austin? Do you believe this rumor? What are you thinking? Not surprised at all. And we, we had heard the same thing about the first film, but and I honestly think they were on track to do that with the first film, but certain elements kept it from happening. And now that we know Sony wants to take back this character eventually, I think Marvel's probably going to be okay with them utilizing yeah. him for a cameo. And these rumors will pop up regardless of if it's happening or not, just yeah. because it's Spider-Man and Venom. Yeah, uh, but and this time with around, with all the controversy... All Exactly. I I kind of believe him, man. I really do. Yeah. I think it's possible. I, I actually believe it this time around more than the first time around because mm -hmm. of the whole debacle of what we got with Sony pulling Spider-Man yes. and uh, that whole conflict. And now that we're only told we're getting two more uh, Spider-Man movies or two more Spider-Man appearances in the MCU, it looks like they're setting up his approach to leave that universe and move over to the Sony universe, however they decide to explain it. So... Putting in the seeds of having Tom Holland in Venom only further sets up how he'll get there from the other movies. Yes. I'm not completely sure if it'll work or not. The only thing I'm excited about is that Spider-Man being in Venom means Venom can finally get that freaking S on his chest. Because as a Spider-Man yeah. fan, it's kind of annoying <laughs> me that he doesn't have the spider on the chest. 
Uh, other than that, you know, I'm curious to what Andy Circus is going to do with this movie because I think that this could be a real surprise hit. Do you think they're going to make a rated R this time around? I think so. Uh, after with, after the Joker, we've been getting after Joker. I mean, I think that's the big one. Is you got your Deadpool's, your Logans, but Joker to me is saying, and the fact that Suicide Squad's doing that, they're doing the R rating. Yep. I think this and is Birds going to push Venom two into that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's becoming less common. Not not that uh. I mean, it's becoming more common. It's not becoming that unwary or, or weird to do that. So I'd be excited if that happens now. Uh, one thing we're going to move in here now is our segment where we talk about the trailers that just came out and tell you where we think they're trash or treasure. Because as you know, yes. one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, the first one I we're going to talk about here came out just a few weeks ago and really got people more excited for this thing. The Baby Sonic trailer, okay? Now, this was a short little trailer. It was actually a Japanese spot. We usually don't talk about this, but because it had such a cuteness to it, we're going to address it now. Short little clip had Baby Sonic running around. I'm going to give it treasure because I, I think it's cute. I think it's smart marketing, especially with everything that's happened with Baby Yoda. But mm. in a weird way... For some reason, seeing Baby Sonic also lets me know that this movie's not going to be as maybe um, slapped together as I once thought. It feels like the more yeah. I see of this movie, I'm like, this could actually be decent. I'm not expecting it to be great or good, but it looks like it could be decent. Like, I could sit down and actually enjoy this thing. What about you, Austin? Everyone was asking me in my most anticipated video, where is Sonic? It's <laughs> like, look... I, I really like the new trailer. I Same. like the, the the design of Sonic and, you know, what they're doing with this TV spot. I think it's cute. It wasn't that good of a trailer, but it's just so cute. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't know if this movie is going to be good, and that's yeah. what's keeping it off my most anticipated list. I, I think where they're going is going to be more marketable than the previous design, the previous version. Oh, yeah. But right now, it's just, you know, I hope it's good. That's what I'll say. But yeah, this trailer I, I hope it's, was it's cute good. enough. Cute enough, for sure. Yeah, cute enough, and we're going to get tons of merchandise on it, and it's just smart business, and, I mean, they're not the first to do it. They're not going to be the last to do it. It's, it's yeah. just a way to do it, but eh, good for them, and we'll see if the film is any good. I'm, I'm hoping it is. Uh, with movies that take characters and bring them out of their world into our world, mm-hmm. I rarely to see. The only one I think that has actually done it where it's good is Enchanted. You remember Enchanted? love enchanted yeah oh that's God. that's the only love one it. i can think of where they did the whole take them out of their world and bring them us because everything yes. else was just like the smurfs with neil patrick harris you know it was, oh, gosh. yeah so we'll yeah. see maybe it's an enchanted situation but uh the next trailer here really excited for this one a quiet place true uh, true a quiet place Two drop their second tra- their first trailer um Wow. I, I'm really liking the direction they're headed in. I was really worried mm-hmm. without John Krasinski there as the dad role and that missing element to it, even though he's going to be right behind the camera. What they're doing with implementing maybe those flashback scenes to have him show up here and there, I think is really yeah. smart. I also like uh, Killian Murphy, Murphy being in there with a beard and looking all ruggedy. I'm curious to where this is headed, and it looks just straight in line with the last movie. So for sure, treasure for me, Austin absolute treasure I, I think this movie looks wonderful I, I i placed it on my most anticipated list before seeing that trailer just hoping that the trailer would deliver and it did everything plus more man i i was nervous about the concept of this film because you know yeah. and you know this more than anyone chris when a horror sequel comes out it's 50 50 man it's either going to be the world's worst or it's going to surprise oh, yeah. and to me 
this trailer warrants A Quiet Place 2 existing because we are diving more into the story. We're also simultaneously expanding this world and we're bringing in new characters into this situation that I, I think Krasinski just has a firm hold on now. So to me, this trailer is an absolute win, an absolute treasure, and I am more excited for this movie and I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, man, I'm really excited to where this is headed. Uh, from details of the movie, I know they're going to touch upon maybe possible origins for the creatures which is always a little iffy where you start explaining your yeah. world and leave it less mysterious but it looks like they're doing with what made the first quiet place really good and that's focusing on the human characters and the story and the survival aspect of it all that mm -hmm. to me seems really interesting I'm, I'm curious to how these new characters are going to be implemented into the movie what that small town is i thought of something so creepy and then i was befuddled when in my comment section for the video I made talking about A Quiet Place, there were people who had the same thought as me. So there's a shot in the trailer, Austin, where um, you see Killian Murphy like in, in the backyard of someone's home. And he's staring down a little boy. And, you know, we see the drapes, like his shadow or whatever. And then they cut yeah. back to Killian Murphy and his face kind of looks shocked or, or horrified or like uh, speechless. And I thought to myself, what if in this town... They make all the children sew their mouths shut because they're just not Ooh. able to under because they're not able to cope and understand that they need yeah. to be quiet, that they need to be silent. And I thought that to myself and I was like, that's that'd be weird. And then in my video, I saw like four people suggesting that same thing. And I was like, man, we're all crazy. We all think like, but that that's what I mean, because I get also comments, people saying this feels like The Walking Dead. This feels bird boxy, which. I don't, I don't see how that makes sense when this came first. But these apocalypse yeah. films, it feels like we've hit a rut or it feels like we've hit a wall of what can be done. Do you think they'll be able mm. to extend it out where it feels more fresh and not just something we've seen before? Because a, a stranded town that is surviving in the apocalypse, we've seen that almost four times in The Walking Dead with different towns, Alexandria and all these other places. Do you think it's going to be different enough or be able to keep it fresh? hope so i it all comes down to the, the faith that i have in krasinski and that that crew taking on this story because it's a difficult especially and i you know he's aware of all of the criticisms with the first movie it's oh, like yeah. they're gonna have a baby when the this and the that and the this but that yeah. story would not have rolled it would not have went in the direction that it went without those plot points being set up so Exactly. I see why they did that, but I, I think he has to kind of avoid some of those cliches this time around, or, or they're going to turn even more on this franchise. So I hope he can do it, but just you bringing up The Walking Dead, man, that makes me very nervous. Yeah, yeah, I, that makes me nervous as well, but I'm hoping it stays away from those tropes and it, and it does something fresh with the apocalypse genre. But yes. moving on from there now, we're just going to end it off here. We're talking about our few most anticipated movies of, of well, this year, of the coming year, what yeah. we're looking forward to, maybe what we're not looking forward to, what might be a surprise, a disappointment. Uh, make sure you guys are leaving your list down below of what you think of this. Off the top, Austin, are there any coming up or any that you see that you're like, I'm thinking about I'll, I'll start off with this one though not that i'm looking forward to it but i'm surprised because it's headed for a nice box office open and it comes out this month bad boys for life now i thought mm. with the reception uh gemini man got with you know not people not really showing up to see it and not getting all the praise i thought well i guess it, it really is true the the star symbol status of just being a big name 
doesn't bring people to the theater and i thought that was a great concept is your older self versus your younger self and the technology involved i thought that was going to be a real hit of a movie or at least make its money back somehow instead of it being a, a semi-flop and then i'm hearing that bad boys for life is set for a 35 to 40 million opening weekend though that was, those are good numbers for a january yeah. movie what do you think about that i I don't know if it will hit that. And I, and I honestly I don't think it comes down to, is the movie good? I think that's tracking if the film is good. I don't think it will go anything yeah. beyond those numbers True. if it is good. But if it's not good, which is what I'm afraid of because they are dropping this in January, uh, it could be a $20, 25000000 million opening, which is not what they wanted from a film like this. So I really no. hope it performs, though, because even though there are clear issues with the first movie, uh, with the first two movies, I think they're fun. They're fun romps. It's some of Michael Bay's most entertaining films that actually make some semblance of sense. So I hope they can capture that magic and bring bring it into this new film. And if they do that, then I think the opening is going to end up being pretty good. Yeah. All right, you pick a movie now for 2020, Austin. (laughs) Well, I want to pick one that's... It doesn't have to be in order or anything. (laughs) Okay, so just to start off, since it is this month, I want to talk about something called The Gentleman. Which I didn't even end up putting in my top 10 most anticipated of the year, but it does come out in January, yet it is a Guy Ritchie film with an incredible cast from Charlie Hunnam to Matthew McConaughey to Colin Farrell to, I mean, this cast is ridiculous, Hugh Grant, but basically it's it's like a British drug lord is selling off a bunch of money to empires, billionaires, and it's all of these crime bosses coming after each other, and the film is being led by Matthew McConaughey, and it's being directed from Guy Ritchie. So, to me, if there is a January movie that is going to come out and do gangbusters with, maybe not at the box office, but with audiences loving it, and from what I've seen, a lot of people have seen this movie because it dropped in another country, and it has an 8 on IMDb. An 8.2, which is good, which means the audience is responding well to it. So this could be the crowd pleaser of January. And The Gentleman is a movie that I don't want people to look past, man. It looks really entertaining. I encourage you guys to go watch the trailer. Uh, It could be a good movie. Yeah, I agree with you. It definitely has a great cast and all that. It has the syndrome of looking like a Kingsman movie or spinoff. I don't know what's up with that or a little bit. how that happened. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but uh, you're right. That could be a nice surprise. I did not know it was a January release. That kind of makes me a little nervous, but you're right. There's other people yeah, who are already seen it and are giving it praise. So hopefully then that screams good news for it. Yeah, that, that's one I'm definitely going to so. check out. Anything McConaughey for sure. And Guy Ritchie's pretty good at what he does. So that's one I'm going to want to see. Uh, jumping yes. around, I'm just going to pick one at random before we throw it back to you. Uh, Jungle Cruise. Now, this is the one with uh, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. And it's based off the Disney Park ride of the same name. And they turn it into a movie like they did with Pirates of the Caribbean. Nothing about this stands out to me that I really want to see it, that I want to go out and watch it. I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't get the vibe that this will be spectacular. I, maybe you feel different, Austin. Uh, I feel like this one might be one of those Disney disappointments. Maybe not like a wrinkle in time, but maybe we're just, it does okay. It doesn't do the franchise numbers they were hoping for to sequelize this thing. Uh, if not, it could be a surprise because right now there, there's nothing for me. Thoughts on Jungle Cruise? I found some fun within the trailer, um, but 
we look at how these movies have come out and just underperformed from Tomorrowland and now Jungle Cruise, and uh, oh, yeah. we can look at John Connor in a similar fashion. These these Disney movies that aren't necessarily recognizable IPs, they're just based on whether it's a ride at the theme park or, or a story <laughs> that not a lot of yeah. people are talking about, but... Yeah, I liked the trailer enough, but this is a movie for me that just I I don't think it's going to do well. I think it will perform okay maybe the first weekend because it's The Rock and, and Emily Blunt, but after that, I don't I don't see it doing very well. Also because I don't think it's going to get that good of a critic score. Now it could be a Jumanji come out and surprise everyone. Oh yeah, but how many be. times is The Rock going to capture that magic? I just don't think he has enough for this know. movie. Yeah, I don't either. All right, you you now what you got, Austin? What you got for us? <laughs> Man, I, I want to talk about my number one. Let's talk about my number one most anticipated movie. This is Dune. This is... All right. This... I do want to talk about that. I'm calling it, dude. This is the movie of 2020. I'm calling now, it. Now, I'll be this honest with you on the I, movie. I hear a lot of great talk about Dune, but... Because uh, I really am. Imagine I know nothing about Dune, which I basically don't. Explain yeah. to me why this is so... It's not just for the cast and the director, but story Like, What is even Dune? <laughs> So the the main character is Timothy Chalamet, and what it is is there are, I think there are f- four or five different families. So this one character, uh, let me let me get the name. It is, his name is Paul, so Timothy Chalamet is playing Paul. He is the son of a noble family, and he's entrusted with the most valuable asset and the most vital element in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And everyone is after him. And from what I've heard, it's a bunch of kings and kingdoms. So think Game of Thrones level epicness, if you will. But instead of on Earth, instead of these kingdoms being laid out in these different countries, it's all throughout the galaxy. Oh, so it's this big. It is Star Wars. It is literally, and I said this in my video, it's Star Wars meets Game of Thrones. That's what it is. But I, and I'm pretty sure. These guys are all kings. Think of Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, Jason Momoa, and Dave Bautista. And I think Oscar Isaac is a king. He is. is They're the kings. They're the kings, (laughs) dude. This cast is ridiculous. And I just, dude, if if there is, because I love sci-fi, I love fantasy, I love something that feels epic. I'm usually not a big period piece guy, and even though this feels like it's a period piece, it's not technically a period piece because it takes place in outer space. Dude, and my favorite director working. Dean Villeneuve, for me, is okay. far and away the best director. Well, I would even put him over Blade Runner. Nolan. Now, that's, that's the next yes. thing I wanted to touch upon, Austin. Because this is all great, and trust me, I'm really excited to see this movie. I just didn't have yeah. it on my top ten list because, well, I don't know the source material. I just really like the cast, mm-hmm. I like the director, but above that... You know, I have to see, because even then, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan. I'm just casual to those worlds. So I'm hoping this movie turns me around and gets me really invested into this world. But what do you think they have to avoid for this to not be another Blade Runner situation in the vein that no one goes out to see it, that that no one really has an interest? It looks cool. It looks beautiful. It's a great Mm -hmm. movie. I love that Blade Runner movie, but it it, it did flop. What do you think has, has to be done, or what do you think is the problem? The, for me, the Blade Runner trailers, while they were magnificent, if you were unaware of that first Blade That's Runner true. film and the impact that it had, I had no clue what that movie was about. I yeah. had no idea. So for Dune's trailers, they need to construct them in a way that gives us the same vibes as Blade Runner 
and showcases the beautiful filmmaking, which I know is coming. Uh, but we need to understand what this is about. So I think they need to pitch this as the next Star Wars. I think yeah. that's what they need to do. And if they can accomplish that, if they can get the point across that this is our next grand, and this has the benefit of being in outer space, outer space adventure with, you know, you got to put these guys at the forefront. Your Dave Batistas, your Jason oh, yeah. Momoas, your Josh Brolins, Thanos, Aquaman. Put them in the trailer. Highlight them. Make sure people know that they're in that. If they market it that way, then I think this will do, not Star Wars, but will do well at the we'll box office. We'll plant the seeds if for they... this to be a sort of Star Wars. Exactly. Because from what I've heard, Denis is actually planning more than one, possibly more than two films, yeah, which that is, that sign amazing. me up. Makes me want to take yeah, my shirt off and run I, around. I'm, I'm, really, I'm, having <laughs> good, I'm hoping for really good things with this movie. I am. I'm just yeah. skeptical. I'm worried. I don't want to get too invested into the world because I'm thinking about you know picking up the book or, or reading and getting into the source material. That way I can be... Uh, knowledgeable and know what to expect because even when i shop around for funko pops there are dune funko pops so i, I don't know if there's been a movie mm. before or they're just based off the the characters in the books but you know so there was a there was a movie in the 80s okay. um i think it was the 80s and <laughs> i didn't like the movie <laughs> it's not good they, they handled it. it it wasn't good but to me it, it did not even feel like the synopsis for this film to me they handled it in a way that was kind of wacky and zany okay. And I don't want that. I, I want Denis Villeneuve. I want Denis Villeneuve. That's what I want. So make sure you're bringing yourself. I want the prisoner's arrival, Blade Runner yeah. guy, right? Oh, and Not he's going to bring the, it. I can't. Wait I think for he will, man. In that and movie. I think he'll make this. And that's the thing. It's not just Denis. It is his crew. It is his cast. And Hans Zimmer is doing exactly. the score. So yeah. So, let's go <laughs> yeah i agree with you that one could be a real hit you guys are gonna sleep on it you heard it here first some of you are like dune what, what are they talking about i just see i just see sand when i google dune it's gonna yeah. surprise you I, I really do believe that i just hope it, it performs well and delhi villain gets the love he deserves as a director moving Absolutely. on from there to more things on here uh i guess i just p keep picking the cautious movies i don't know why but um king kong versus godzilla this is a big yeah. blockbuster one that's supposed to be happening I know there's such a huge fan base for these monster movies, but where were y'all when King of Monsters came out, you know? And then they delayed yeah. the movie, and it looks like they're reworking it. Where do you land on King Kong versus Godzilla, Austin? I, uh, man, I just don't like this franchise all that much so far. I enjoy the first yeah. movie. Uh, Kong Skull Island, for too. me, was a disappointment. And I like Godzilla, one, King of the Monsters, was... I, I I don't even know if I enjoyed it all that much because I kind of almost fell asleep in the theater. But Godzilla, yeah, King, King of, Monsters, of the Monsters, I wasn't that into. <laughs> exactly, man. So, you know, I hope it's really great. You have Godzilla and King Kong battling it out oh, for yeah. the first time in how many years? So that could be really cool. But overall, man, this is one that I'm cautiously up. I wanted to put it in my top 10 just because of the concept. But the way that they've handled this so far and the fact that they keep pushing back release dates, I'm just... I'm cautious. That's what I'll say. But yeah. I hope it's good, and I hope I hope people show up. I hope people show up, and to me, it really will be the story and whatever human characters you decide to throw in there. Focus on mm -hmm. uh, on the battle. Make it, you know, we haven't had we rarely get those movies where it's like, whose side are you on? You know, kind of like they did with Captain America and Iron Man. You know, do that again. You know, who's gonna win, Godzilla or King yeah. Kong? And just oh, I, I hope they do good with it. I'm hoping for good things. This could be a nice surprise, but we shall see. Austin, you pick another movie. 
All right, so there are a couple that I'm looking at here. Okay. Um, some some names that maybe not a lot of people will recognize. So I will go with one that is the most out there superhero movie of 2020, and that's that's okay. the Eternals, right? Okay, we know yes. who Black Widow is. We know who Wonder Woman is. Uh, we're aware of a lot of these superhero movies coming out, even Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. But the oh, Eternals yeah. is the one that not a lot of people know about. Now, for me, this is my most anticipated superhero film, uh, just because I feel the same way that I felt about Guardians going in, just yeah. with different vibes. So with Guardians, I didn't know a lot about what, what I was going to see, but I had a really good feeling about it. Same thing with Eternal, Eternals, except instead of a comedic kind of film, we're getting yeah. an epic kind of film, right? We're getting a movie that could even be similar to what Dune is going to deliver if they handle it in that certain way. And Chloe Zhao, man, and I've said this before, we even said this on this podcast, she is a great filmmaker from what I've seen so far. She's just never handled a movie this big. So if it overwhelms her, we'll be able to tell. But I have all the faith in the world that she's going to handle this well, man. And Eternals, for me, is the most intriguing comic book movie just because... I don't know, man. If it's anything, <laughs> if it impresses me like Kumel Nanjiani impressed me oh getting that God. ripped for the film, then I hope that I think it's going to be really, really good. He <laughs> got so buff. freaking buff, man. When I saw that yeah. picture, I got so depressed just because it's like, how did oh he God. do that, man? And how, <laughs> how can I not do that? But no, yeah, you're right. And this cast is fantastic. It, it, it is that same feeling of Guardians. It's this unknown. It's this not really highly out there a property that it's like we know marvel is going to turn around somehow and make it a yeah. huge success you know but we're still waiting you know it's a, it's past 10 years in they are gonna have a flop at some time they're gonna have some sort of misstep i really hope yes, this isn't will. it because there's just so many great people involved i'm i'm liking it it'll all be determined on the on the first footage and how this also connects to the mcu you know if, if it messes up the world if it helps connect it and you're just bringing in more and more characters, but this this is yeah. really exciting. This could be something good. Uh, I don't know. Are, are you hoping comedy, action, adventure? What are you hoping to get out of Eternals? I do want a little bit of comedy, just because some yeah, of the sure names attached. I think Nanjiani has to bring a little bit of what he's best at, but like Dune, I want it to be more epic than anything. anything. I want it to be the Guardians for Marvel, except... Yeah. Instead of the comedy world, we get this epic, and not to throw it back to Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, but that <laughs> feeling good. movie, man. That's because yeah. that's what this story is. It's that, this it is. giant, yeah. powerful family. So, man, I, I hope we get an epic MCU origin film that really blows everyone away because no one knows who these characters are. That's what I hope to get from this film. Yeah, I agree. One more here that I'll touch upon, then I'll throw it to you to end it. Um, yeah. Fast and Furious 9. Okay, ah, yeah. So this is the ninth one. We're also promised a tenth movie. So whatever happens here, they're going to lead it up into one more. Now, I believe as of right now, Dwayne Johnson isn't involved in this one. Neither is Jason Statham. They could maybe pop up with a surprise cameo just uh, or a small little role like they did in, uh, I forget which one it was, Seven, where Dwayne Johnson popped up for the last ten minutes or something. Yeah. But the main reason I want to talk about this is because there are heavy speculation that they've decided to bring back Paul Walker's character in some form in this movie. Mm. How do you think that's going to play out? Do you think that'll be a part of the marketing? And do you think the Fast and Furious franchise is even still going strong? Because I really liked Fast and Furious 8, believe it or not. I thought it was really good. Uh, what are you thinking, Austin? Up and down on the Fast and Furious franchise. It's one of those that I, I really enjoy some of the movies for the entertainment value, but then other films, yeah. it's like, that's eh, just 
that's too much for me. You know, they go over the <laughs> I top. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the last film. Uh, oh, okay. And the fact that Paul Walker is, I don't know, man. It, it makes know. me very, very nervous. You know, and obviously, if they're doing it, then the family has signed off. But will the fans, who are, according to the movie, family, oh, will yeah. the fans sign off on that? And that makes me very, very nervous. If it's just a quick cameo, sure. But if he's a main character in this film... I don't know if I'm gonna like that very much. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't either. I don't know how it's gonna do. Obviously, the family did sign off because even they had uh, Paul Walker's brother on set. But I mean, mm-hmm. not not to speak ill of anyone's family or anything like that. But you gotta remember, they're receiving a paycheck just for saying, "Yeah, go ahead and use my brother's likeness." And yep. it will come down to how the fans perceive this, whether it's done ickly or if it's done nicely, or if it's to pay respects. You know, a lot of us would say the way it ended off Fast and Furious Seven was really well done and to yeah. go back and retread that it's like yeah they are said to be some flashback scenes in this movie so maybe if it's flashbacks i'll be okay with it but keep it very limited don't have this guy running around fighting people or doing whatnot mm-hmm. uh, i was afraid of this whenever they started filming because they had uh paul walker's wife in the movies coming back for this one so it's like if yeah. she's back you know they're yeah, gonna have to try and squeeze paul in there somewhere but uh yeah we'll leave it off for you austin to pick the last movie for 2020 that you're looking forward to well, we've, we've kind of covered, you know, we've covered superheroes, we've covered uh, big tentpole blockbuster films, and I wanted, because there's so many that I'm looking at, you know, Taika Waititi's new movie, The ne- Next Goal Wins, uh, Guillermo del Toro's new movie, Nightmare Alley, but how do you have a most anticipated list without talking about Christopher Nolan's new film? And this is a movie, Chris, that we've talked about multiple yeah. times, just me and you, because we're both like, oh my gosh, yeah, so I want there's a video this. on your channel. Dude, I think the world is curious. Let me just, real quick, let me get your thoughts on what do you think this movie, <laughs> what is going on? Is there know, time travel? Who's the main character? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, so Christopher Nolan is crafting something great, and I'm, I wish we had more directors like this who are willing to do something so odd and out of the ordinary and push the boundaries. You know, he did Inception, he did Interstellar, he gave us The Dark Knight, and now he's going to give us this movie Tenet, and Austin and I already did a little theory video on my channel way yeah. back. It probably... It's nowhere near close to what's actually going to happen. But after no. seeing the trailer and what might be going on, it's going to be hard to explain my thoughts on it, Austin, and my theory. Maybe you heard in my most anticipated what I thought. But I was like, I think the main character, we start the movie with him dying. And then the mm. events of his mm. life are played back, but backwards. And he's headed Ooh. to, like, I don't know, maybe childbirth, where in essence, I, this is, sounds so wow. weird, but... I think something like that because they're moving forward physically, but they're moving forward into the past, if that makes sense. is what it looks like because they get to a a scene where there's bullet holes and it looks like something has gone down, but then the character says, no, it hasn't happened yet. So it's like, what do you mean it hasn't clearly happened? There's bullet holes right there. There's something like that. Maybe with the afterlife, maybe guardian angels, maybe you can save yourself once you die as long as you do the correct thing to stop whatever it was. I want to hear what you think, Austin, because you're better suited with this stuff. Well, I was looking on Letterboxd a while ago for what this plot actually is, and here's what it says. This is a professional website. Plot unknown. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were about to crack the case right now. (laughs) No, man, it says plot unknown, and then below that it says this project is described as an action epic revolving around international espionage, and that still doesn't tell us anything yeah. so to me this is the hardest kind of movie for critics to like 
if critics like this movie, which they have before, Memento, oh, yeah. Inception, Nolan knows how to work his way around uh, critics having to watch movies multiple times just to understand it, right? He is that kind of director. So if critics like this film and audiences respond in a similar way to Inception, we could be talking about, and this has been kind of the argument for quite some time, what will the best epic be this year? Will it be Tenet or will it be Dune? Now, there could, there could be another movie coming in there and, and slipping their way yeah, into number one. Yeah. But to me, it is between Tenet and Dune. If Nolan executes on what I saw from that trailer, which looks like the most confusing plot I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> if he executes, man, this could be <laughs> yeah. the best movie of the decade so far. No, <laughs> this could be one of the best movies of the last couple of years, man, yeah, because Tenet looks as if it's a mind... Bad word, right? It's yeah, a yeah, mind-warping yeah, mind yeah, film. You. It is, dude. So if they execute, this could be this could be my favorite movie of the year. That's what I'm going to say, man. I can't wait for this. Christopher Nolan is awesome. This is the movie to me. I'm just like, yeah, yeah this thing could blow my mind. Last question I want to end it off on. Why do you think – because I, I, I know when this comes out, it's going to make its money back. I think it's going to be profitable. It's going to earn the studio money. At least I hope so because that's what Christopher Nolan has proven to do with his films. Yeah. Why do you think – he can pull off the whole, you have no idea what this movie's about, and people will go see it, unlike Deli Venu, who had Blade Runner, and it was the same thing, plot unknown, and no one went. Why do you think Christopher mm. Nolan can get away with it and not another director? Because I, Cause are I there that Nolan... many people who know the name Christopher Nolan? It's like, I'm watching it just for him. I think that's what it is, man. I, Nolan is the last, I, even Spielberg. Yeah. You know, Spielberg's had some trouble at the box office recently. He was yeah, the, the 80s one. and the 90s. Exactly. Yeah. So I think Nolan is the last living director, or one of the last. I think Tarantino's in that group still. Yeah, that the name will attract the viewer. And a lot of this has to do with how he established himself, right? Denis Villeneuve did a lot of these smaller films, like A Prisoner's and An Enemy and an A24 film. Uh, that established his name as a brilliant director, but he wasn't a name. Like Christopher Nolan is. Christopher Nolan, exactly. So he built himself up with Batman, which is one of the true. best ways to build yourself yeah, up with. True. And then in the midst of the Batman madness, he has this random film coming out called Inception that people went to see because it was the director of Batman. So that's how Christopher Nolan built up his name. If Denis Villeneuve directed a Star Wars movie and then did Dune, yeah, people are showing Probably. up. Yeah. But that's just not the case, right. right? So Nolan is the name. Villeneuve is is uh, Nolan's also the talent. But to me, Villeneuve is just an artistic. Uh, he's a brilliant director, yeah. right? But I he doesn't you. have the IP that Nolan has. And you also got to remember, I mean, when those trailers play, even if you don't know the name, just that title sequence in the trailer that'll say, "From the mind yes. who brought you the Dark Knight and Inception," automatically yes. you go, "Well, I'm watching yes. that." Then those are two great freaking movies. You know, that's uh -huh. kind of showing your resume in the trailer. But, yeah, man. So, 2020 looks like to be a great year. I hope by the end of the year when we get to a December in the podcast, if you're still friends with me by then, Austin, then, then we're talking about all these great movies and we'll be surprised. Oh, Tenet sucked and Doom was a surprise. Or who knows? Fast yeah. and Furious is nominated for Best Picture. We don't know what the future holds. Anything can happen. But uh, I want to thank you guys for watching another episode of Film Strippers. Don't forget we're also on iTunes and Spotify. Leave a like, comment down below. That helps out. I want to thank Austin for being here. Austin, where can the people find you? 
Yeah, you guys can find me uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Birkinator on YouTube. Just Austin Burke doing lists and movie reviews and Netflix things and talking films and three uh, C man. Thanks for being the best host, dude. It was it was a great oh, episode. No. Uh, thanks for joining me, man. You can always find me at three C Film Review on Twitter or on YouTube.com/slash three C Films. Want to thank you guys, and we'll see you on the next one.